This is the Action Network Podcast. It's on target, and it is good. Wow. 225 is the weight. We got a live one. Lock it out. Alvin Kamara. I didn't know much about him, and I put his tape in, and I almost fell over. Yeah, here's Barkley. 233 pounds, 41-inch vertical, 29 on the bench press. That's a creative player on Matt. Wow. I mean, that is just nutty. 4-2-2. No way. A new record holder. It is John Ross. I saw two or three scouts look at their stopwatch and show other scouts as if, hey, did you get that? Am I reading this right? There you go, Hoss. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and joining us today to talk the NFL draft is a very special guest. Every year, our friends at Fantasy Pros rank the most accurate NFL mock drafters. In 2018, our guest finished number one. Last year, he finished top three. To put it simply, this guy is objectively one of the best NFL draft experts anywhere. So today we welcome Action Network contributor, NFL mock draft maven Scott Smith to the show. He's going to give us his five favorite early bets for the 2022 NFL draft, which starts Thursday, April 28th. In Vegas, Smith's latest mock draft is available now. So check it out at actionnetwork.com or on the award-winning Action app. Scott, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. You know, look, this is this is prime time draft season. This is kind of like the home stretch. We got the final four out of the way this uh, past weekend. I'm down here right outside of New Orleans. So I got to go spend some time down there. And uh, I didn't catch any of the games, but... Made a few bets, so I'm ready to get into this. Forget prime time. This is your time, Scott. This is your time. Um, so we're going to let you shine. We're going to get into all uh, everything you love um, betting-wise for people to kind of go out and, and maybe put some money down here and, and just talk about, um, to start off, um, kind of what is the hardest position for you to mock in the this year's draft and why? Look, I, I think it's obvious for everybody that does this. It, it's going to be the quarterback position this year. And I think you just start looking at the, the prospects. And there's no elite prospect in this year's draft. All of these quarterback prospects kind of have their own warts within their, their specific profile. And then you start to look at, at the teams and the moves that got made in the offseason. And, and you start looking at the Mitch Trubisky's and, and some of the trades for the, the quarterbacks. And you kind of have to figure out which teams are actually bridging for the future, maybe next year's quarterback draft class, which is a lot better than what this year's is. And, and how many, which teams might go ahead and, and take a, take a shot on one of these prospects here in the first round and might want to have them, you know, under their wing and be able to groom them over the next year. So quarterback is definitely all over the place this year and, and trying to pin down which team's going to go ahead and take that chance. And then even from that, there's not an overall prospect. You know, a lot of people like Malik Willis, but you start to hear he's a year or two away. Kenny Pickett's got the small hands, you know, even though he's maybe the most, you know, NFL ready at this point in time, but you know, a, a lot of teams are going to have a lot of different opinions on these quarterbacks and trying to narrow down through the beat riders and some of the other information is going to be key over these next couple of weeks. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, before we get into the bets, I just wanted to ask you uh, uh, quickly on a quarterback that you didn't mention, uh, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. 
Um, you know, how do you think he kind of factors into this? I'm looking at the odds for, for you know, number of quarterbacks drafted in the first round and over two and a half is minus 200. So a lot of people thinking there might be a, a third quarterback to go in the first round. He's, you know, 25 to one for the first quarterback selected. I don't think that's going to happen, but how does he kind of factor in this? Is he kind of that third guy or is it somebody else? So the interesting thing is one, one of the tools that I use a lot with, with my mock drafts, Ben Robinson does a great job over at grinding the mocks and uh, you can go check out his work, but you know, he starts, he basically aggregates all the mock draft information leading all the way up to the mock draft. Right now, the quarterback out of Ole Miss is actually looking to be the third quarterback in, in that first round. But Desmond Ritter in particular is a guy around scouting circles in the NFL that a lot of teams seem to love. He's a, he's a guy that's getting a lot of the buzz. You know, he, he's got the experience, which a lot of these quarterbacks, even looking at Malik Willis, I think he's only had like 21 games of 10 or more passes in his college career. But Desmond Ritter had a 9.6 relative athletic score. You know, he, he's got a lot of the tools that the, the NFL talent evaluators may want to work with. And I, I think whenever you look at him, you can kind of compare him similar to a guy maybe like Alex Smith. Um, and he's a guy that I think some of these teams would be willing to, to take a chance on. And he's a guy that I could see maybe sliding into the back end of that first round. All right. Uh, before we get into your favorite bets, um, there are a few teams I know, too, that um, have caught your attention heading into the draft. Uh, let's start in my hometown, uh, New York. What can you tell us about the Jets and Giants uh, heading into this year's draft? Well, look, the Jets and the Giants are interesting for a couple of reasons. One of the big things from a betting standpoint is as the next couple of weeks go on, right now there's only two bets where you basically match the, the player to the team, but those, those will open up across a lot of the sports books over the next couple of weeks. I think from a betting standpoint, both of those teams having two picks within the top 10 is going to give you an opportunity when you start laying some wagers on, on specific player to team aspects because if you know let's take Ahmad Gardner for example if you think he's going to go to the Giants you've got a spot to go ahead and hit on that bet at, at pick five and pick seven so, so look be on the lookout for some of those wagers that are going to pop up over the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the draft but also the other interesting thing about these two thing, teams when I do my mock drafts and, and I'm looking at it I think the Jets very specifically over this offseason you know they've been connected to Ridley Tyreek Hill you know, I, I think they're signaling that they want to go ahead and, and get a wide receiver or some type of wide receiver help. I could see that at pick 10. But when you start talking about pick four, five and seven that all the New York teams have, I kind of think they're picking out of that same player pool and looking at some of the same guys. So that's one of the things that's interesting for that. I think you can also go ahead and, and look at some of the players that you might not know specifically what order they're going to go in but I think you can kind of peg them there to those two teams. Yeah. And without giving everything away, I will say um, I did look at your most recent mock and you do have the jets taking a uh, very good wide receiver with, with one of those top 10 picks. So it uh, should be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, what about the Washington commanders? You know, they're sitting there right outside the top 10, they got their quarterback. So they'll probably be looking elsewhere uh, I think with that pick, or, or will they? What do you think? 
Well, we talked about teams that are, are basically in that bridge scenario. I think this is going to be a, a one-year tryout for Carson Wentz. It's either going to work out or it isn't. Because of that reason and the amount of money they have invested, it doesn't make sense for Washington to go ahead and invest a high draft pick like this in a player like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, even if you wanted to groom them and have them sit. So from my perspective, I think Washington sits in a prime position for any one of these other teams that may want to go ahead and move up and pick one of these quarterbacks or, you know, slide in on, on any other player that, that may slide down. Kyle Hamilton's kind of slipping a little bit um, with some of his workouts. He, he could be a player that slips. Any one of the wide receivers there with, with Drake London or Garrett Wilson, both looking to go kind of in that range. But the interesting thing is, is if you look at an expected draft position, Kenny Pickett is sitting at 11.7 on grinding the mocks. So this position in particular, it seems like a prime position if a Pittsburgh or one of these other teams want to move back up. The other thing is Washington only has two picks within the top 50. So for a team that has the holes that they do, I would expect them to be willing to move back, especially with some of the needs that they have at guard and at wide receiver. Those are two positions within the first round that have a lot of depth. So for a team with as little draft capital as they have, I would expect them to be willing to move down and acquire some, some extra draft capital. Yeah, it's certainly possible. And uh, just looking at the odds of DraftKings right now, uh, Willis and Pickett uh, are both equal in terms of the odds, both 25 to one, which implies a little under a 4% chance each of going to the commanders. Uh, you also mentioned Hamilton over eight and a half for his position is minus 150. So, um, you know, it is possible that he slips to around that spot um, where, where they're picking as well. But as you mentioned, uh, a trade down, certainly possible. Um, another team that I think is really interesting that could kind of shake up this, this draft. And in, in a way they are, they already have to some extent is the new Orleans saints. Uh, you know, they're sitting here, obviously a, a bunch of needs at, at different positions. You know, they still, another team that I think still has more of a bridge situation at quarterback. Um, they lost a lot of key kind of elite chips because they couldn't necessarily pay, um, what do you see the Saints doing here uh, early on? You know, they just had the blockbuster deal that they made uh, the trade with Philadelphia. And, it, you know, we're just talking about the uh, final four this weekend in particular, the goat Evan Silva came down in New Orleans and uh, he and I both had uh, had lunch with Nick Underhill's big Saints uh, beat reporter. And uh, he, he's pretty tuned into the Saints. And two of the things that we talked about is I think specifically with the loss to Teron Armstead and how much they've struggled at wide receiver. I think them making this move before the draft shows that they have specific players in mind, um, specifically down here, I, you know, in New Orleans radio and some of the, the, the information you get is that they have a list of about 20 to 22 players that they feel that have first round grades on. Two of the players, and when we start looking at where they traded up, I think they moved up in front of the Chargers specifically. And one of the players I think they have in mind is going to be pinning the big tackle from uh, Northern Iowa. So I, I think he's definitely going to be on the list. And one of the reasons I think so is uh, you start looking at the NFC and how it, it's kind of wide open. The Saints management thinks that they have a roster that can contend in the NFC with so much of the talent being there in the, in the AFC. So I think they're looking to fill specific holes tackle being one and then another wide receiver coming back, you know, with that second pick in the first round. Yeah. I think the saints uh, in particular are going to be one of those teams when we can start uh, betting on which position a team is going to draft. Uh, they're going to be really interesting. Uh, one thing I did notice with the saints too, is, you know, just, and I think part of it is just having those multiple picks in the first round at, at 16 and 19, but 
Um, they're actually four to one to draft Pickett and 10 to one to draft Willis. So, um, you know, going behind Washington yet uh, higher odds, it seems at this point um, to draft one of those guys. And then, and then of course, as you mentioned, um, you know, pending a real possibility there uh, could be the reason they moved up to 16. I know a lot of people have uh, Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio state going to the saints uh, as well, maybe with that later pick. All right. Um, Let's get into your top five early bets for the NFL uh, draft first round. And we can start with Derek Stingley Jr., uh, the star defensive back out of LSU. Uh, What's going on with him? Because his draft stock has kind of been all over this place for the last couple of years, really. Look, it's been all over the place and for good reason. He had the 2019 season where he looked like the the best defensive back in America as a a true freshman. LSU has kind of imploded over the last couple of years with with a lot of the stuff that's been going down. This past season, he went out with uh, Liz Frank. And look, I don't think the injury is as bad as what a lot of people make. We don't have access to to medicals and things like that. But I I look at it as a little bit more of a business decision, you know, with the with the NFL draft and, and kind of how things were going and imploding here, down here at LSU. Um, I've been saying for weeks, you could go back and, and, and kind of check my, my Twitter. I put out a couple of mentions, but look, Stingley was always going to test well. So he just had his pro day, a 4-3-7. When we we're talking about doing this, the actual number was over and under 12 and a half. So since his pro day two days ago, that number's already draft, dropped to 10 and a half. Um, so I, I think we start. We talked about Washington a little bit. Washington is in a position where if they don't trade back, I think that's a position where they could go ahead and take best player available, and, and that that kind of goes over that. But I, I still like I like Stingley a lot at that that under twelve and a half. If you were able to get in on that, that ten and a half is really going to kind of be pushing it. Um, but I, I still think there's some value there to go ahead and make that bet for one of these teams to move up. Yeah, just looking at his odds, you know, you mentioned the, the number, the over-under is down to 10 and a half. And um, yeah, he's better than even money. He's juiced up to be in the top 10 uh, at minus 120 at DraftKings, 20 to 1 to be in the top five. So I think that kind of six to 10 range uh, is really where we're looking if it's not, you know, Washington at 11 or, or Minnesota uh, at 12. All right. Uh, what about Kayvon Thibodeau um, out of Oregon? Uh, the edge player, another guy who's, I feel like his draft stock, every time I look at a mock, it's like, it's in a different spot. Uh, what are we doing here with Thibodeau? So Thibodeau's a guy I think really has a range from anywhere from pick two all the way to pick eight down there in Atlanta. I don't see him falling past pick eight. His, his expected draft position right now sits at about 6.3. And there's a lot of bets on the board. You know, you, you start going back to last year's college football season and, and before the season started, Thibodeau was actually projected to be the number one overall pick. So I, I think some of the reports getting out there question about how much he loves football. There's a little bit of shenanigans going on at the combine. He said he was going to do all the things. I think he just went out there and run and then packed his cleats and went home. So he, I've seen him compared to the defensive line version of Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, he likes the things that come along with football, but don't necessarily love football and the work that comes with it. So it, a lot of things like that have been said. That's kind of what's got his draft position going all over the place. Because of how much his draft position has been fluctuating, I think there's good odds on a couple of different bets. I think you, you've got good odds. It was at plus 1,200 for him to go number two to Detroit. I, I put money on that. 
and it since has gone down to plus 400 to be the number two overall pick. But another bet that I actually like, if you're going to go ahead and spread some money around, right now, Kayvon Thibodeau over the, over pick five and a half, that's another another bet at, that's sitting at minus eight, 118 right now that I think you can kind of spread out the action. And, and look, these 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 numbers end up going and changing very fluidly. So you got to kind of pay attention and pop in day to day on a couple of different sports books and see where the numbers are at because they'll move and you can get better odds here and there. But right now, I like both of those those bets, putting putting a little bit of money on him to go number two and then put also spreading it out and putting a little bit of money with the over five and a half as well. Yeah, I think so. You're essentially, you know, hoping or, or betting on the fact that, you know, that three to five spot is maybe the least likely. I know the Texans, a lot of people have them taking a, a tackle. I, I think you're kind of on the, in that boat and the giants, the same thing. So it, it's probably the jets. If you're, if you're talking about in, in that three to five spot, but I think there's a lot of different ways they could go. Namely uh, somebody in, in the secondary uh, perhaps over, over Thibodeau. So I like that. And I was just about to say, I mean, it, the odds pretty much in, in terms of them five probability for him to go second, they, they did triple um, almost overnight. Cause I know when you initially sent, uh, sent me these, it was, uh, it was indeed plus 400, uh, plus 1200. And, and now it's four to one. So uh, you may have moved the market there, sir. Um, let's get into Kenny Pickett, small hands, Kenny, uh, you know, what do you think? Is he going to be the first quarterback taken right now? He is a, Slight underdog, uh, plus 140 uh, to Willis, who's around minus 170. You know, my last mock draft, I put out about four mock drafts, and I I do basically three before I I submit my final one that gets graded. And, you know, within that process, I like to move players around and kind of get some feedback because the fans will let you know if they don't like the pick. And, And look, a lot of these fans know what their teams want. So in my most recent mock draft, I actually projected Malik Willis to, to six to, to Carolina. I just it, it's hard to look at a front office and think that they're going to go in with Sam Darnold and, and Cam Newton, that they're going to have to to go ahead and, and add some other point point of talent. But I legitimately don't think that either of these players are, are worthy of going at that that six selection. So I, I think you start looking at things and Kenny Pickett's actually been, you know, put and connected with, with Carolina a little bit more than what Malik Willis has. You know, you hear that Malik Willis is a little bit of a project. He's got the physical tools. You, you looked at that pro day and how he was throwing some of those balls. And, and I, I just think he might end up dropping a little bit down. And I can see Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback. So that's actually a, a bet that I'm going to go ahead and spread some money on Kenny Pickett to be the first selection. And we talked about that 11 spot. If you look at the, at the expected draft position over on Grinding and Mox, Kenny Pickett is actually at 11.3 and Malik Willis is at 11.5. So it's right there. I think there's good money to be made there with the Kenny Pickett bet. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of add on to that, um, you know, looking at the odds for the team to draft Pickett, uh, Carolina actually leads at plus 150. Um, so that would also be good for this bet because, I, I mean, can you see a team outside of Carolina, you know, in that top five, I guess, really going after a a quarterback, you know, maybe the Lions, I guess, would, would be that team or, or the Texans. But do you, do you see that really happening in the top five? Yeah, I think when you look at the Lions, they, they've got golf there. And, and also with the Lions having 
more ammo, uh, you know, second first round pick, uh, uh, upper pick in the in the second round. They have the ammo to move back up. I, I think that that second pick is going to basically be the best player that they have on the board. I don't think that's going to be a quarterback. I think if they have the option to get a quarterback, it's going to be later on in that first round or even early in the second round. All right, uh, let's move to from quarterback to wide receiver. And this is always one of my favorite positions to try to break down as somebody who's really into the fantasy and the DFS thing. Uh, a lot of these guys are, are big factors right off the gate. And it looks that way again at, at the wide receiver position. I, I think there's kind of a consensus, you know, top four um, maybe, but you actually like over five and a half wide receivers. So essentially six or more wide receivers to go in round one at plus 120. Uh, what do you think in, in terms of who those six guys uh, could be? Yeah, I think when you look at it, uh, you know, you, you start with the top two. You've got Garrett Wilson and Drake London that are, are kind of being projected to be the top two. I, I actually think Jamison Williams would have been the, the top wide receiver off the board had it not been for injury. But but both of those guys are have pretty pretty nice bets that are that are popping off on, on some of these to be top ten. I actually have Drake London going to the Jets. Um, but then I think when you start factoring in the other guys, you've got Chris Olave, you've got Traylon Burks. But the last two that have been moving up the boards, and I think it's it's a lot to do with this offseason. You start looking at at the big contracts that Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams have. And, and you know, paying wide receivers that much money, not to say that they don't deserve it, especially in today's passing game, the way the offense is developed. I, I think you're going to start to see a trend start where you're going to see more and more receivers getting drafted in that first round so that teams can go ahead and lock them in for four years plus that fifth-year option and kind of not have to pay some of these wide receivers as much money as what Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill are getting paid. And, and look, Terry McLaurin's another one that you're going to see coming up, you know, get, getting a big contract. But I think those five guys with Jahan Dotson and Christian Watson kind of moving up into that first round, um, both of those guys are, are teetering right there, you know, in, the, in that 29 to 32 range right now and expect to draft position. So because of those guys moving up and, and just the landscape of the NFL at the wide receiver position, I, I like it to be over that number. Uh, and another guy, just uh, real quick, um, you kind of mentioned more and more, and I thought you might have been, it might have been a play on words for Sky Moore. He's another guy I've seen moving up. Uh, do you like him at all? Or I, I noticed you kind of named a bunch of other guys uh, over him. Some people have him as that sixth. Um, receiver any thoughts on him out of western michigan yeah as far as as far as my preference i do like sky more and i like him better than watson and, and Yahan dotson look I, I, watson watson in particular killed it at the combine he's a bigger guy you know he, he tested out with the highest relative athletic score of anybody since calvin johnson so so i think you you get some of those 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 scouts and those decision makers that fall in love specifically with speed. But if we're talking from a fantasy football standpoint or dynasty standpoint, I like Sky Moore more than those two guys. Unfortunately, right now, Sky Moore is kind of set around pick 39 in that second round um, as far as his expected draft position. And that's actually still behind George Pickens. So I, you could see a team that might bump him up. But as of right now, I don't see him sneaking into the first round. Um, and then real quick on, you know, Wilson versus London, I think that is kind of a big debate here. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts here? I noticed in your mock, you do have uh, your latest mock. Um, you do have both of them going inside the top 10. You have Wilson going first uh, to the Falcons and across sports books. Um, you know, those guys are pretty much neck and neck in all of their odds in terms of going top 10 
going top five, they're six to one, you know, going, you know, in the top 10 uh, or going ahead of each other. They're pretty much equal. Um, is that your, is, is that your sense that Wilson may have the slight edge here uh, on Drake London out of USC? Look, I, I, I think right now they're both like neck and neck and, and it, they could, they could flip flop. It's really going to go up to and depend upon a team fit and what, what a team wants. I actually think, I think Wilson fits a little bit better with the Jets. I, I like Drake London a little bit better as a prospect because of how young he is and how big he is. Um, I, I think he offers that physical ability on the outside. But but as far as both of them, I, I think he, there's good money at plus 125 for both of them to be a, a top 10 pick. And I think it's also the same number at plus 25 yep. for uh, as to who's going to be drafted first. So that's another situation where uh, you're going to have to keep your ear to – you know, to the news that's coming out and, and kind of follow some of these beat reporters. But I think specifically at Atlanta, look, they've got nothing at wide receiver that you can go ahead and feel comfortable about putting on the field. Um, so I, I think it would it would they would benefit well. And I think the two positions they're looking at is receiver and, and possibly us and an edge rusher. But I think you, you look at specifically Atlanta and the Jets as two teams that will be uh, basically looking at the those wide receivers and, and, and I think that's what makes me comfortable looking at either one of those two guys in the top 10 but, but like I said look these these numbers are going to kind of start to fine-tune and, and you might see one jump up just you know just keep your eyes and, and ears peeled to some of these beat reporters specifically for those two teams to kind of get a feel for uh, as we get closer to draft to to who may be the first one selected. All right so for your fifth best bet uh, we're going to jump from the receivers to the Guys tasked with covering them. You like over four and a half defensive backs in round one at plus 120. Uh, and I couldn't help but notice that in your latest mock, you actually have six defensive backs going in the first round. So uh, talk about why you like this bet. Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the things you look at, and we just talked about you know, how the landscape is kind of changing. Uh, you know, look, quarterbacks and receivers are really what makes this NFL and, you know, to conflict that, you're going to have to go ahead and get some pressure on the quarterback and actually get guys that can go ahead and cover. We already talked about Gardner and Stingley. I, I think they're surefire, look, right there in that top 10, 11. Um, but the other guys that you're looking at, really what the odds are, are, are kind of taken into account is going to be McDuffie from Washington and Booth from, from Clemson. But when we start looking at expected draft position, uh, you have Kyrie Elam, and then this is where it kind of gets tricky. You, you have a whole host of other like defensive backs. Uh, Daxon Hill can play safety. He can play corner. How are they going to kind of, of decide what position he really is? Um, so that's a, that's another interesting. But even the other guys, you, you've got Gordon and McCreary that are, are right there within that top 40 selection You know that, that can go ahead and move in. I think you look at two teams at the back end of that. Actually, all three teams on the back end, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and Detroit could all afford – you know, some extra cornerback help. And especially you look at the Bengals who, you know, with Eli Apple struggled in the Super Bowl, specifically with some of his play down in the playoffs and with the way they've gone ahead and addressed the offensive line, they're also a team I could definitely see it maybe sliding in one of these, these cornerbacks into the back end of that first, first round. I like it. All right. So that is, uh, that is going to do it for us. Let me just recap uh, the, Best bets of draft expert Scott Smith here. Uh, likes Derek Stingley, under pick 10 and a half. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, over five and a half in terms of his draft position. And he thinks he could hedge with some uh, 
second overall at four to one. Kenny Pickett, first quarterback selected, plus 140. Over five and a half wide receivers drafted in round one at plus 120. And then over four and a half defensive backs taken in round one, also at plus 120. Scott, they can find you on Twitter at ScottSmithFF. Um, your latest mock, Mock Draft 2.0, is up at actionnetwork.com. First of all, thank you so much for joining me and, and giving us all this knowledge. Um, and second, tell everybody uh, what else you got coming up and, and where they can find you kind of leading up to the draft. Yeah, man, look out for everything on Twitter. I, I do some radio spots and some other uh, podcasts here and there. Usually every year, I, look, we put we put out a, a YouTube live video with uh, the GOAT, Evan Silva, and Joey Kanish, where we kind of hit on some draft props and some of those other things leading up to the draft. And uh, look, that final mock draft is going to be out the uh, Wednesday before uh, the draft hits. So uh, that's going to be the one that I'm placing my money on. And, and you'll really see where my money's at as far as like my bets and where I think players are going to end up. Love it. And guys, be sure to check out the Action Network podcast for all the draft content you need. The week of the draft, April 25th in particular. And be sure to check out the Favorites podcast with Chad Millman and Simon Hunter talking the NFL draft all month, including an episode with Scott Smith. Thanks so much, Scott. Be sure to download uh, the award-winning Action Network app. Of course, check out actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy and betting content, including Scott Smith's latest mock draft. And be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Until next time, get this money.